You're listening to a sermon from Redemption Church, Calgary North. We exist to see lost people saved, saved people matured, and mature people multiplied, all to the glory of God. For more information, visit redemptioncalgarynorth.com. Four, possibly 
one author, it's the Lord God who uh, we, uh, given us these Proverbs and, and as such, uh, we're going to submit to the authority of them. So, um, this week we're going to be looking at wisdom versus foolishness. And this is kind of what we're going to be doing through this whole series. Uh, it will be one thing versus another thing. So this week we're going to see that wisdom triumphs over foolishness. Now, kids, I need your help here. So we're going to do a quick survey. How many here are desiring to be wise? Anyone here desire to be wise? Okay. I see those hands. Now, how many of you are like, I desire to be a fool? Anyone? When I grow up, I hope to be a fool. Is anyone? Like, no one says that, right? No one, no one desires to be a fool, and yet, the Bible tells us that there are those who are wise, and then there are those who are fools. I find it interesting in our world today that, that rather than submitting to what the Word of God says as to what is wise and what is fool, we choose instead to make up new rules as to what is wise and what is fool. And in fact, today our society is heavily against what the Word of God says. The Word of God, they say, this is foolish, this is antiquated, this is, you know, from the dark ages, but we are wise. We are wise. And so they, they claim to be enlightened, they claim to be the free, they claim to be the keepers of wisdom, and that all who oppose them are really the fools. However, when it is all said and done, there's only one judge as to who are wise and who are fools, and that is the Lord God. We're going to study here this morning. He is the one who created us all. He's the designer. He gets to decide who are the wise and who are the fools. Now, the fact that you're here today, I would guess, is that you would desire to be wise according to the Lord God. You would desire to, to, to walk in His ways. So the question this morning, if you were... You know, to stand before him, would he consider you wise or would he consider you a fool? What does he base that on? What would that look like for you today? My prayer is that by the time we're done here this morning, we'll all be a little bit more wiser than when we began. But also my prayer is that by the time a year from now comes along, that we would be more wise then than we are today. We're going to look at the scriptures. That is to be the progress of God's people that we're ever growing in wisdom. I want you to know that it is possible that you might be wise. Everyone here, I look around at the kids here. I'm actually kind of thankful that everybody did it. It's good that you're here. It's good that, that you would know that it is possible for you to be wise. Now, to be wise, as we're going to see, is different than to be smart. Or to have knowledge. You can have all kinds of knowledge and yet not have wisdom. We're going to look at why that is this morning. But before we get into the text, let me just pray for us one more time. And then we'll get into it. Lord God, we're so thankful for your word today. We're so thankful that, Lord, if we would walk in your ways, Lord, if we would submit our lives to you, we might have wisdom. 
Or we would think of what James says, that if, Lord, if, if, if any one of us lacks, we should ask you. And you would give us wisdom. Lord, as we consider the days in which we live right now, Lord, we need your wisdom. Lord, for all of us, these are unprecedented days. These are days which we are not used to. These are days which are can be stressful, Lord, if we look ahead and try to consider when these things will change or if they will change anytime soon, God, we, or we, we want to be faithful to you above all else. Most of all, Lord, we want to be more like Jesus. Lord, as we study this morning, we're going to see that to grow in wisdom is to grow in Christ-likeness. God, that's my prayer for each one of us here today. Lord, for those who are watching online today, I pray that you would encourage them, that you would strengthen them. That, Lord, you would help them to, to take every opportunity they can to reach out to brothers and sisters, Lord, that they might be encouraged and strengthened as well. Lord, our desire this morning is that you would be glorified in all that we're going to do. It's your name we pray. Amen. Alright, so hopefully we brought a Bible today. We're not going to hand out Bibles at this time just because of the, the whole trying to restrict uh, or live best practices as we can uh, as we try to limit the spread of COVID. And so hopefully you have a Bible. If you don't, of course, you can have a, you have an app, right, uh, on your phones. And so uh, we're going to be looking throughout the book of Proverbs, okay, and, and, and we're going to land on some particular passages and, and study them, and then there's some that you're just going to kind of hit quick. So I just encourage you to write these things down as we go through them this morning. We're going to look at four aspects of foolishness. Four aspects of foolishness. The first thing that we see is that wisdom is established through a proper perspective. Wisdom is established through a proper perspective. Anything that you're about to pursue, anything that you, you know, you're, you're going after, there is a beginning, there is a start, there is a foundation. And when it comes to wisdom, there is one clear beginning, there is one clear foundation that we see throughout the book of Proverbs and really throughout the Bible itself. We find that in Proverbs 1.7. Proverbs 1.7, it says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Here we see our first contrast. There are those who are wise, who fear the Lord, and they understand that's the beginning of wisdom. And then there are those who despise wisdom and instruction. A foolishness entered the world with the first sin. Adam and Eve believed they knew better than God, right? Wasn't that the, wasn't that the promise that Satan had made? You will be wise like God. All you need to do is just eat that fruit. And so instead of listening to the instruction of the Lord, instead of listening to the wisdom of the Lord, they despised that and became fools. They believed that God's wisdom and instruction limited them. And if they rejected His instruction, they would gain wisdom and be like God. The same rejection of God and His wisdom and instruction still exists today. We're seeing it increasingly in our society. Man claims, mankind claims to be ever evolving, right? Like, isn't it, isn't it kind of crazy that you're like, okay, well, in 1980, you said this was true. 
now in 2020 you say this is true. I'm kind of confused. Well, we're ever evolving. We're ever evolving. We're just getting smarter and smarter all the time. We're getting more and more wise. We're going to have this utopia society because of all our great wisdom, right? And, and yet, that's the thing, right? Over and over again, you see this, this, this contradiction. They claim to be wise, and yet they are, according to the Bible says, they are fools. Today, if you were to claim that this book is the source of wisdom, they would say what about you? You're from the Dark Ages. That you're, you know, that's some ancient book that has no bearing on us anymore. And yet, God, who created us, says this is the foundation of wisdom. And nobody wants to be known as a fool, right? And I see that I see this influence. When I was at seminary, and um, I'm having to do a paper as to why Paul is the author of Ephesians, like, because uh, it says that right there in that first verse, Paul, an apostle. Like, why are we having to write papers on this? Because there's these scholars, scholars, people who seek to be wise, are like. Well, you know, we're not so sure about these things. And so, because of their seeking to be wise in the eyes of the world, they come up with all these kind of crazy theories about the Word of God. Right? Well, of course, we know there are no miracles. So, when that happened, then this must mean this, and this must mean that. And seeking to be wise, they write all kinds of commentaries and things like that. And, and although they read the Word, they have no wisdom. They, they don't properly interpret it because they rejected God. So they compromised what the church has taught all along in their desire to be wise in the eyes of the world. This morning it's crucial that you and I realize that the world does not decide who is wise and who is a fool. It is the Lord who does. In fact, all who would walk in rebellion to God's wisdom and instruction is declared a fool. That's the baseline right there. If you're walking according to the fear of the Lord, according to what God's word says, you are wise. And everyone else is a fool. That's what God says. Proverbs 3.19 says this. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. In other words, God is the creator and designer of this world. And it was by his wisdom that the earth came to be. Here it says this, the main point here is that whoever abandons wisdom runs against the very structure by which the world was made. Right? It's... it's God designed it like this. Anyone who walks in opposition to that is a fool. Today we're taught in our schools that the universe just happens. And that through a bunch of things, just lining up just right, that life came to be on this earth. Right? We're not really sure how it happened. Maybe aliens. We know for sure it's not God. Right? Maybe aliens. And we just kind of somehow, luckily, everything just kind of matched up, and now we're here. But the Bible teaches us that God, in His wisdom, put this world together. He is the designer. He is the creator. 
Or let's say this, God created all things and the tool he used was his own wisdom. It was all he needed. When you consider the creation, like just all the complexities, I mean, even just this whole coronavirus thing, right? Like, how does this all work? You know, like viruses and diseases and all this kind of stuff. And how do you stop them and all this? Like, the complexities of this world. And we know that God, in His wisdom, He created it all. He is so much further above us. Or it continues, the Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. At this very moment, He sustains. Note the present tense. Drop down to verse 20. He sustains all things, even the few drops by His wisdom. Proverbs 3.20 says this, By His knowledge the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. Even the rain that we have today, it is through the Lord's sustaining power. It is through His wisdom. Wisdom is not possible for anyone who would reject the Creator. Think of it. Without acknowledgement of the Creator and walking according to the way He has designed this earth, mankind is left to make stuff up. You have failed to build on any kind of reality if you reject the Creator. How is this earth here? Because He created it. So if you dismiss that, now we're in make-believe land. Right? And we can just make up as we go along, as the world is doing, right? I don't know what's right. Well, today it seems like this should be right. Okay. So let's get as many people together to say this is right. Okay, gather, gather, gather. Okay, we decided that this is right today. It might change a few years from now, but we're okay with that. Because we're living in a make-believe world. Anyone who rejects the Creator has to live in this make-believe world. Bodhis is this. Wisdom reminds us that our pursuit of knowledge and understanding not only can, but should be set within the context of our religious commitments, our theological convictions. We pursue knowledge and understanding as those who bear the image of God who created wisdom and understanding. And I want us to, I want us to take note of that. Kids, you're going to go to university someday? Anybody think about doing that? Okay, I see a couple of hands. Okay, so you guys are thinking about maybe going to university. Now, when you go to university, and some of you are in university right now, there's almost like this, this thinking, well, you kind of have to check your theology at the door when you go into the university because, you know, this is where we all get smart about life. You know, this is, but I want to tell you this morning that as you go into the university, you carry your theology, you carry your understanding about who God is into the classroom, and all that they're teaching you goes through the filter of the fact that there is a creator. Without that, you become a fool. If you would be wise, I mean, I, I feel like, it's kind of crazy, but I feel like I'm more pro-science in what the actual definition is than what scientists are today. Does that make sense? Right? What is science? It is the, you know, you, you test it out, and when it, when it gets tested out, and then this evidence shows that this is how it works. Now it's like, well, we don't really have any evidence, but this is science, and science says it. It's become like a new, you know, we need a new reformation, I heard someone say, right? 
like from the Catholics, you know, back in, you know, 500 years ago, who just said, believe us. Well, based on what? Just believe us, right? Now that's science. Science, right? Ex How many times have we heard experts say the last three months, right? Oh, well, at that point, I just checked my brain at the door because experts say. Now, we don't check our brain at the door. As believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we take everything through the grid of God's Word and through our knowledge of Him. That is the beginning of wisdom. It's the very foundation of wisdom. To remove the fear of the Lord is to remove any possibility of wisdom. Proverbs 9, 10 says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. As soon as we walk in the fear of the Lord and gain knowledge of Him, then we have insight. Then we really understand how the world operates. Can I just pull that over just for a second? How many times are we watching the world around us and just shaking our head? What are they thinking? What are they thinking? Well, they don't have what you have. Their minds have not been opened to the truth of who God is. The thought of this world has blinded their eyes. And so, yes, they're going to say crazy things. And not until they come to the fear of the Lord, not until they have the knowledge of the Holy One, will they truly understand wisdom. So, what must we do? Proverbs 19.23 says this, The fear of the Lord leads to life, and whoever has it rests satisfied. He will not be visited by harm. If you would want peace in this world, then it begins with the fear of the Lord. That's what leads to life. Now, there is a knowledge of God by a whole lot of the world. Correct? There's a whole lot of the world that says, yes, we believe that there is a higher being. But instead of submitting to our Creator, they instead have made up gods of their own making. Right? And they're like, okay, the, their God is Bob, okay? So we're going to worship Bob, and this is how you please Bob. Here's the rule book. And with every religion of the world, that's how it works, right? This is the God, this is how you make this God happy, this is how you're blessed, and this is how you're cursed. And all of those have one thing in common, there is no peace for any of those folks because they have to follow the rule books in order to make that God happy. But that's not true of the Lord God, our Creator. When you fear Him, then you might, you might have rest. So how might we come to that fear of the Lord? We see it in Proverbs 3, 7. Proverbs 3, 7. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. In order for us to have the fear of the Lord, we need to have faith. And in order for us to have faith, we must repent. We must repent of our, our own wisdom and our wicked ways. We must turn rather to Him. Proverbs 16, 5 and 6 says this. Everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured he will not go unpunished. By steadfast love and faithfulness, iniquity is atoned for. And by the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. Sadly, when we're born into this world, 
We think that the world revolves around us. That every, everything should happen good for us. But, the, but, but when we come to faith, we recognize that it's all about the Creator. And that we must repent of our pride. We must repent of our wicked ways and walk in the fear of Him. I pray that everyone here can say that. I pray that everyone who's watching online can say that. That, that you have come to a knowledge of the fear of the Lord. I love how C.S. Lewis puts it. In God, you come up against something which is in every respect immeasurably superior to yourself. Unless you know God is that, and therefore know yourself as nothing in comparison, you do not know God at all. As long as you are proud, you cannot know God. A proud man is always looking down on things and people. As long as you are looking down, you cannot see something that is above you. And the key for you and I to be made right with God is to humble ourselves before Him. I pray that all of us here, again, have come to that moment of humbling, where you recognize that He is God and you are not. You have not been walking according to His wisdom. That you have not been walking according to His instruction. And as a result, deserve punishment. You understood that, I pray. That you came to that moment where you realized, I deserve punishment from this God who created me. But then you understood the gospel for the first time. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever would believe in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. What an incredible, good, what an incredible good news that is. That Christ, on that cross, took the punishment that I deserve. And in exchange, as I put my trust in Him, He's given me life. And He's, as we looked at last weekend, He has made me a part of His family. So what does it then look like to walk in the fear of the Lord? Verse B says this, If we truly fear the Lord, we acknowledge from our hearts that He is the Creator. We're the creatures. He's the Father. We are His children. He's the Master. We are the servants. It means to respect God for who He is. To listen carefully to what He says. And to obey His Word. Knowing that our disobedience displeases Him. Breaks our fellowship with Him. And invites His chastening. It's not the servile fear of the slave before the master, but the reverential and respectful fear of the child before the parent. Children fear not only because their parents can hurt them, but also because they can hurt their parents. Kids, is that true? When mom and dad, they have their rules, right? They say, do this, don't do this. You want to do it, why? Because you love them, right? Not just because of the consequences, maybe losing something that you really like, or, you know, I don't know what your home, how your discipline structure at home and your home works, but there are consequences when we don't walk in obedience to, to our earthly parents. In the same way, there are consequences when we don't walk in, in obedience to our Heavenly Father. But that's the relationship we come into when we think about the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
So this morning, my question is, do you know him? Do you daily walk in the fear of the Lord, acknowledging that he is the creator and you are the creation? That he is the father and that you are his child? That he is the master and you are his servant? Do you seek to walk in his ways as a child seeks to walk in obedience to his or her earthly parents? That's the picture of people who are faithful to the Lord, to the Lord God. The fear of the Lord results in wisdom being given, which results in a changed life and a changed destiny. In other words, if Christ is Lord of your life, you will look differently. You will live differently, and your destination is different. Proverbs 14.2 says this, Wisdom walks in uprightness. Sorry, whoever walks in uprightness fears the Lord. Whoever walks in uprightness fears the Lord. But he who is devious in his ways despises him. The fool hates God and does what he or she wants. Proverbs 16.6, by steadfast love and faithfulness, iniquity is atoned for. And by the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. Because I'm walking in the fear of the Lord, I no longer do what I once did. I turn away from the wickedness. I turn away from the evil. And my destination also changes. Proverbs 23, 17 and 18. Let not your heart envy sinners, but continue in the fear of the Lord all the day. Surely there is a future and your hope will not be cut off. For those who are walking in wisdom, there is a future. Not, not that never should we envy those who are walking in sin. In other words, our hope is eternal. We're going to look at more about the benefits of walking in wisdom in our third point. But first, I want us to look at our second point. Wisdom is enhanced by a persistent pursuit. Wisdom is enhanced by a persistent pursuit. Proverbs 8, the passage that Matt read earlier, wisdom is calling out, right? Wisdom is saying, hey, come, follow me. In other words, our default position is to do what? Nothing, right? Our default position is to walk as a fool and not walk in wisdom. So, first place, be made right with the Lord. Now, then you're in the game, what must you do? Well, you need to pursue wisdom. You need to pursue wisdom. Maybe we need to define wisdom first. What is wisdom? Portland says this, wisdom is more than brains. It is more than morals. We can memorize the whole Bible and read it from the heart without wisdom. Wisdom is skill, expertise, competence that understands how life really works and how to achieve successful and even beautiful results. In other words, it's taking what we know from the Word of God and then applying it to this life and living accordingly. Once we come to the fear of the Lord, we still are need of wisdom. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 to 5. Here we, need, here we need to see we need to pursue wisdom. Verse 1, my son, 
If you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So first we see here that we need that humility. Humility to receive the words. In other words, I'm someone who is correctable. Proverbs 10.8 The wise of heart will receive commandments, but a babbling fool will come to ruin. That's a great word, eh, girl? Eh, kids? Right? Babbling fool? What does that mean? A babbling fool is somebody who's like going like this, blah, 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 all the time, right? And, and you're like, hey, can I give you some instruction? Blah, 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 blah. I don't want to hear it. Right? I already know everything. I don't need you to tell me anything. I already know. Kids, we sometimes do that. Right? Adults, can we sometimes do that? Okay? I see the kids nodding for the adults part. Okay, yes, we can, right? And, and we, we, we need to be in a position where we're continually receiving commandments. Note how we should be pursuing this wisdom. Verse 4, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures. Like, when I'm pursuing wisdom, what should that look like? Okay, kids, are you still here? Okay, now let, let's just imagine something, okay? Like, what this, what this passage is talking about, can you, what if I said right now, just north of here, there is a treasure. It's in a field just north of here. And that treasure is worth millions and millions of dollars. There's gold, there's diamonds, millions of dollars. You find it, you're set for life. What would you do? Like, man. Let somebody else look for it. I don't really care. Would you do that? A fool would. Right? A fool would be like that. I'm too, I'm too busy. I get the surf check. I don't really need it. Right? Right? No, you wouldn't. Right? You'd be like, let's go find that thing. Right? And you would, your whole priorities would change. You would do whatever it takes to find the cool equipment. Okay, like, uh, is there equipment out there that helps you, like, home in on where things, like, can, is there something that would show me where, where the ground is being dug up in the past? Like, I don't know, like, whatever it takes, I'm going to find it. That is what Solomon says that you and I need to do when it comes to wisdom. Do whatever it takes to find it. Change your priorities. When you think about your devotion time right now, the time of the Word of God, does it, does, it, does it look like you're searching for treasure? Where you're just mining the truth of God's Word? Where you're saying, where it says here that you treasure God's commandments? Where you're just like, I can't get enough. And, 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 and when we talk about this in time for understanding, this wisdom is coming to the fear of the Lord and finding the knowledge of God, it's not just done by a three-second, I did my devotions thing. It means studying the Word of God and not 
stopping till you understand what the text says so that then you can live it out accordingly. That's what it means to pursue wisdom. But you know what? Here's the good news. Maybe you're a little bit stricter. Man, I don't know. It doesn't really describe my, my devotions right now. Can, I, can, I, can we just read the next verse here? Verse 6. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. God desires to give wisdom to his children. In fact, on this side of the cross, we know that the Lord has given us a new heart and a new mind. That he's given us his Holy Spirit that we might grow in our understanding and knowledge of the Word of God, that we might live accordingly. He's given us everything that we need. We just need to put devotion to it. That's the word, devotions. Right? There's devotion involved to our study of the Word of God. And as you do, continue on in verse, uh, chapter 2 here. As you do, he stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the ways of the saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you. Doesn't that not sound like a pretty amazing life? Like, is that not what we should be striving for, to live a life where we're walking under God's protection, walking in His ways? Verse 12 continues about this protection, delivering you from the way of evil for men of perverted speech who forsake the paths of uprightness, to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. God wants to protect you from that. And your protection is in pursuing wisdom. It's a persistent pursuit. Looking around now at the older folks here. Like when I'm like nine, I probably understand I could grow in some wisdom. I don't know everything yet. From like 13 to 18, you kind of think you've achieved it all. You kind of think you're there already. I, maybe I can go in wisdom, but I know I know more than mom and dad. But, but maybe you thought the 20s were about growing in wisdom. Now you've kind of been on post ever since then. Not okay. Not okay. Proverbs 1.5 says this, let the wise, let the wise hear. In other words, even though you might have wisdom, let them hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands, obtain guidance. It should be a lifelong pursuit. This gaining of wisdom, this growing in guidance. Orlin says this, let's be realistic about ourselves. As we age, it can be harder to stay fresh and expectant, and moving forward on an upward trajectory of growth. It's easy to stall. It's easy to coast. We can get lazy. But let's not die before we die. Fight for open-mindedness and honesty and discovery and newness of life. Stay humble and keep learning. 
until we arrive in, the, in heaven in the presence of the Lord, there's so much to learn. There's so much to learn. The following should be our posture for our entire life. Proverbs 19.20 Listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. This should be our continual posture. Proverbs 15, 31 and 32. The ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. Whoever ignores instruction despises himself, but he who listens to reproof gains intelligence. Part of that which a man or woman needs throughout their lives is they are to persevere in pursuing wisdom is like-minded people spurring you on. Kids, now listen up to this. This is really important as well. Proverbs 13, 20. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. But the companion of fools will suffer harm. Who are the people around you? Are they wise? Are they helping you grow in wisdom? We need people who are going to walk alongside us in this pursuit of wisdom. Like, hey, let's all learn together. And then we also need people who are like, you know what? They raised up their kiddos. Now, just a little caveat here. Wisdom is not the default position of age. Right? People who are getting older and older realize that. Right? There needs to be that continual pursuit of wisdom if you're going to grow in wisdom. But assuming you've done that, it's always good to look to someone who's gone before you and say, hey, what did you do with this? Well, as I applied the Word of God in this particular situation, this is what we did. Right? If their wisdom sounds like something that they, the little tricks that they just did, then that's not really helpful. But if it's coming from the Word of God, then that's really helpful. Who you are with in life will determine your path. Someone has said, show me your friends and I will show you your future. Show me your friends and I will show you your future. Your closest people to you as believers should be those who are pursuing wisdom, who are walking in the fear of the Lord. That doesn't mean we don't have relationships with those who are unbelievers. We should have relationships with them. We should be pursuing them with the gospel. But your closest people to you, those who you're surrounding yourself with, should be believers who are pursuing wisdom with you. And again, this should be a lifelong thing. People who are there to help us know what the Bible says in regards to the ups and downs of life. I don't know about you, but this coronavirus thing, I heard another headline today, and it's like, oh, like, we don't know. It looks like you probably could get it again. That's not good news. Right? Like, is there any, ever going to be an end to this thing? I don't know. Like, and then if you, if you let it, what does that make you do? Uh, we, I know the tall people like this, like, like this thing, but it'd be nice to be able to have everyone here again, you know what I mean? Right? And, 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 but, but what we need is wisdom. What we need is our eyes on Him, Him who is so much further above all of this on this earth. That's our, should be our continual pursuit. In order for you and I to grow wisdom, we must be proactively pursuing wisdom and we must be persistent. 
Proverbs uh, 4, 7 and 9 says this. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. And whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly. And she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Which leads us to our next point. Wisdom is enjoyed in a perpetual protection. Wisdom is enjoyed in a perpetual protection. Some may question whether or not wisdom, at least wisdom as God defines it, is worth pursuing. Is it worth it? I mean, what if I pursue my own way for a while, and then I pursue God's way later? Like, is that going to work out well for me? Let's look at Proverbs 9. Proverbs 9, we're going to camp in Proverbs 9 in this particular point. First, we see the way of wisdom, verses 1 to 6. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beasts. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest places in the town. Whoever is simple, then turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. Again, we see this picture. Wisdom is calling out. And in, in the beginning here, we see that there's seven pillars in this house. There's a whole lot of speculation what this means. But, but it seems like to say, the house is big. There's plenty of room. Come. They slaughtered the beasts. What does that mean? We first read that. Slaughtering beasts, mixing wine. This is basically saying there's a great feast coming. Right? Sorry, vegetarians. There's a great, great feast coming, okay? And, and that's the picture here, right? There's this great, come, come, there's a great feast. And you will be satisfied if you come. Those who are sinful, those who are lacking sense, you come. And, 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 and wisdom has sent out messengers to invite everyone to come. And then the end, what do we see? Verse 6. You eat of the bread and drink the wine out of mixed. Leave your simple ways, then what? And live. Life. This way leads to life. Contrast that with the way of folly. Drop down to verse 13. 13 to 18. The woman folly is loud. She is seductive and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house. She takes a seat on the highest places of the town, calling to those who pass by who are going straight on their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says, stolen water is sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. The woman folly, she knows nothing. But she's loud and she's seductive. She's crying out in this world. Listen here. Listen here. Follow my ways. She's making the same call both to those who are simple, to those who lack sense. And for those who lack discernment, it seems like it's a good way. And she draws in by saying, look, don't follow this. Stolen water, mm, so sweet, so good. 
the bread that's eaten in secret. And that's the way, that's the true way to go. You think about your flesh. Think about anything about your youth as a person. I tell you, you can't have it. What does that do to you? I want it. Right? I, I, I don't know. I don't really like bread. You can't have it for a month. All of a sudden, you're like, well, I could sure use a peanut butter sandwich. Right? Like, that's our flesh. We, we desire that. But note what it says. In the end, it leads to death. It leads to death. It's a reminder that the way of wisdom leads to life and the way of folly leads to death. For all those who would think and be enticed by the way of sinners, listen, it leads to death. And all kinds of consequences in this life. It's a good thing to follow the ways of the Lord. For all of us here, it is a good thing. Throughout the book of Proverbs, there's different, different things said. Now, Proverbs are not promises. That's really key as we go through this next 12 weeks. A proverb is, this is the principle. This is the, generally the way that God has designed it. And so it says things like this, MacArthur says this, the recurring promise of Proverbs is that generally the wise, generally the wise, the righteous who obey God live longer. They prosper. They experience joy and the goodness of God temporarily, while fools suffer shame and death. That's a proverb. Generally speaking, those who walk in the way of the Lord will live longer. Generally speaking. Let's just think about it. If we walk according to God's design in your marriage, your marriage will work the way God designed it to. We have a lot better than our own ways. In our parenting, if we follow God's word, we will follow His template for parenting. We'll receive the blessings of living out life as God designed it, as opposed to using it however we would want. Our young ladies here. Proverbs 31 tells us that the way of true wisdom is fear of the Lord. If you want to be truly beautiful, then pursue the fear of the Lord. Don't listen to the lies of folly. Well, you know, if you wear this makeup and if you wear these clothes, then you're really beautiful. Yeah, for like three seconds. And then you got to go spend more money, right? The way of true beauty is the fear of the Lord. There's so much benefit in following His ways. Now, quickly, briefly, wisdom is embraced with passionate praise. Wisdom is embraced with passionate praise. Rugman says this, praise is where wisdom ends. Wisdom, however, does not automatically in every case end there. Wisdom ends in doxology only if long-term, patient, discerning, attentiveness, being in the right way, at the right place. In order to end in praise, wisdom must begin in obedience. It must begin with the fear of the Lord. If our wisdom will result in praise, then we must 
continually be walking in the fear of the Lord, walking according to His commandments.